Welcome to Relationship Psych, the podcast, helping you understand how love turns to anger and even hate. Through the episodes, you will learn how to transform doomed relationships into exciting, intimate, and long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Amber Dawson. I'm a psychologist, author, and speaker. A few of my favorite things are my husband, Grapes, and my adorable little dog, Riggs. Now let's learn how to create a soul-crushing love that lasts. Hit subscribe in your podcast app so that simply by listening, you can learn to create a strong relationship. Relationships Psych, the podcast, is not meant to diagnose, treat, prevent, or cure any mental health or relational issue. For treatment, talk to a mental health or relationship professional in your area. What to do when you're mad at your significant other, and three steps to being angry and keeping your partner close-ish. Shaking with rage, flooded with emotions, or just being plain angry. Now, If you've ever felt that way, you're not alone. The same person that makes our heart skip a beat is the same person that can make our hearts pound in our chest as our blood runs hot. Isn't it funny how you can love someone so freaking much, but they also have the power to infuriate you like no one else? This is basically the ultimate paradox of intense love, that you can feel so much care for someone and how livid you can be at them all at the same time. Isn't it funny how you want to be close and connected, yet at the same time, cruel words can escape your mouth and it all happens at the same time. We can put up cool and detached walls because all we want is acceptance and connection and we're unsure we're going to get it. Aren't us humans funny? I'm reminded at how destructive humans can be when we're upset and how our behaviors when we're upset can actually lead to more sabotage in our relationship versus whatever it is my dog does. Yesterday, I had four back-to-back clients in a row and I'd forgotten to feed my dog dinner. Well, usually if my dog is bothered with me, he'll lay across the room and let out a low growl for a prolonged period of time. And when this happens, I look over at him, he's usually looking cute, and then he walks over to where whatever it is he wants. Now, yesterday, maybe I was so invested in my clients that I missed his low growls. The next thing I knew, he was sitting next to me and he let out one bark, which is unusual for him because as I like to call him, he's a non-barking dog. When I looked down, he just wagged his tail at me, started to paw at me and danced his little way over to his food bowl. Now he had a way of getting my attention, expressing his displeasure, but also being adorable in the process. So I forgot to tell him he's not allowed to bark and he got fed. It's always interesting to see how my dog can get whatever he wants by being adorable. However, as people, when we get mad, maybe because someone forgot to meet us for dinner, it's a lot harder for us to bark and simultaneously wag our tails. In episode 18 on how loving relationships become angry relationships, we talk about how love turns to anger. And in this episode, it's basically a follow-up, how to get through the anger. 
If we go back to episode five for doomed communication patterns, we have that episode to tell us what to avoid if we're going to do conflict with our partner and try to talk to them. In this episode, we're going to talk about three concepts to help us get through our anger with our partners so we can keep them close-ish even when we're mad. These three concepts are timeouts, remembering the flip-flop, and focusing on yourself. So how to deal with anger? The first thing is a timeout. When I introduced the idea of a timeout to Janine and Aaron, Janine was, well, mad at me. She thought it was unfair that if Aaron had done something, she had to take a break. From her view, he had done something wrong, and therefore he should have to make it better for her. And now... Her emotions felt so big, it was impossible for her to tolerate the difficult upset. I get it. Janine is not alone. In fact, when timeouts were introduced to me, I resented the idea. However, the birth of this podcast comes from my desire to take relationship science and make it easy for the everyday person. Because using relationship science has transformed my relationship, my love life, although imperfectly. So what does the relationship science tell us about timeouts? It prevents us from saying really hurtful things that cause further emotional wounds, even if in the moment it feels like truth. Timeouts also help us get out of unhelpful ways of thinking that eventually lead to sabotaging behavior. In the widely researched therapy, Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, or CBT, this teaches us a lot about how we think. There's a great book for for many mood problems called Mind Over Mood. Change how you feel by changing the way you think. This is by Greenberger and Pedeski. The main tenet is if you can change what you think, you can change how you feel. And equally, if you can change how you feel, hey, you can probably change how you think. So what we know is when very big emotions come up in us, we're so aroused that our thoughts become biased with that emotional state. It's like we have tunnel vision attached to us, and we can only see the things that support our moods. For Janine, the first thing she would think when she got mad at Aaron was how selfish he was. And the more worked up she got, the more selfish she thought he was. Her mind, without her awareness, would start going through past evidence that confirmed his selfishness, which she could find because at points, the guy had been selfish. She would get stuck in her negative tunnel vision supported by her emotional state. Because she felt so out of control when she was this upset, her inclination was to try to get him to fix it. However, because Aaron was also overwhelmed by her emotional state, usually he only did or said things that made her more upset. Janine was able to remember a time in her early relationship where Aaron had taken her on a nice dinner date. The couple next to them got engaged over dessert and they celebrated a special moment. The restaurant owner was so excited, they bought the entire place shots. Now, Janine seldom did shots. However, for some reason that night, she and Aaron ended up doing many shots. She was unable to remember exactly what happened over the course of the evening, but she knew it ended in a massive argument. She woke up in his spare room on the floor with tear stains all over her face. She vowed that, well, She knew before she went to bed, she vowed to leave him. But that morning, laying there on the floor with her mascara smudged all over, she couldn't remember why. So that morning, it was all a bit hazy, but she just wanted to see Aaron. She did not remember what she was mad about. In that second, it hit her like a ton of bricks. She had a choice. She could be mad just for the sake of being mad, or she could go cuddle with Aaron and say sorry for her part. Although she didn't remember what it was. 
After explaining the incident, Janine was struck that there have been many times after going to bed angry, she awoke in the morning with a different attitude about their conflict. Being able to see the problem differently and being willing to solve the problem actively with Aaron rather than putting the problem on Aaron to solve. The moral of the story here is not going to sleep. (laughs) Although you could try sleeping, but it's to take a time out when you're where you can just not think about the issue. I know, easier said than done. At least when you're asleep, well, hopefully you're not thinking. It allows you to calm down and approach the conflict in a more balanced way. If you're not going to sleep, you just want to take a time out, make it at least 20 minutes where you do something that is not actively thinking about the fight. So go for a walk, call a friend, watch a TV show, read a book, or scroll on Instagram. Now, what we now that you know what to do initially, let's focus on concept two, the flip-flop. Okay, what is the flip-flop? Think in your mind about all of your partner's best qualities. Maybe they're your emotional rock. They're successful in their career. They love to party and they're laid back. Now, early in relationships, we're easily drawn to all the best part of our partner's features, someone's personality. So what is the flip-flop? It's the idea that someone's best quality is also their worst. When you're seeing your partner in a positive light, you might think of them as an emotional rock. However, when you see them in a negative light, you might see that same emotional rock as cool and unfeeling. Let's try the rest. If they're successful in their career, you could turn that into is all they care about their career, not me. If they love to party, you could turn that into they're such a child. Or if they're laid back, you could turn that into they're uncaring. It's the frame for how we see our partners. And when we're angry, it can be helpful to tune in to that same aspect you're upset about and see what their positive characteristic is. For Janine, one of her flip-flops was she was drawn to Aaron's humor, which was dark and a bit insulting at times. This humor led them to plenty of nights howling in laughter with tears running down their faces. Now, the flop to Aaron's behavior was that sometimes his sarcasm bled into the comments he made to her. Aaron did need to do some work on how he talked to Janine. But one of the things we worked on with Janine is that when he slipped up, hopefully infrequently, and made a mistake, she could say to herself something like, one of the things I love about Aaron is his humor, and I would never want to lose that. This means from time to time, I'm going to have to tolerate the occasional misstep and remember it's not directed at me. If I get carried away, or he gets carried away, I'm going to have to bring it to his attention. This brings us to step three. And how she was thinking about that is kind of focusing on herself. Now, when we're so angry, shaking, hot, heart pounding, all we want to do is make the discomfort go away. Make someone else responsible for how they have made us feel. We want someone else to fix the fire running through our veins. Hopefully, you've been willing to give the ideas of timeout and looking for a flip-flop a try. Because those will make it easier to focus on yourself. By focusing on yourself, how you feel, and what you need, it can be a way to to stay away from blame, attacking, criticism, or insulting. It restores our power to speak our truth and keep our side of the street clean while assertively asking for our needs to be met. When we're angry and we wait for someone else to fix our problems, Oh no, we're giving away that power. We are powerless. By choosing to engage in our own 
emotional regulation and be actively kind in our solution process, we regain our power, which is, you know, maybe a bit counterintuitive, but nevertheless, that's what happens. To regain our power can be helpful to remember that every partner in every relationship will make mistakes. So how you express your displeasure, how you self-soothe, and how you ask for what you need will often lead to either possible success or a little bit more dissatisfaction. When Aaron would use sarcasm, it was instant. Tension would flood over Janine's body and her palms would start to sweat. She quickly mocked him and would state in an exaggerated way whatever he just said and call him her third child. In doing this, ironically, she wanted him to make it better, but he would detach, get cold, and leave. Her response to his behavior sabotaged what she really wanted, for him to talk nicely to her. After she mocked him and called him a child, she did hope that he would come to her and say sorry and correct her behavior. But in the whole history of their relationship, this never happened. By focusing on herself, she was able to learn to understand her needs and communicate those needs to Aaron in a way that actually got her needs met. She started saying things like, maybe you didn't mean that the way I took it. Can you try that again? One time she even experimented with going over to him, giving him a kiss and saying, babe, 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 redo. She played around with other ways of letting him know she was angry and needed him to try again. By making these changes, she was able to see what got her more of what she wanted, being spoken to nicely and having more consistent emotional connection. Now, this took real ownership on her to regulate her feelings and change the way she showed up in the face of anger. She had choices. When she was angry and focusing on herself, one choice was to give her power over to Aaron and just hoped he would magically fix it within the whole course of the relationship he had never done. (laughs) Another choice she had was to think of a nice way that she could address him, which is what you heard in those prior examples. She came up with examples about timeouts or leaving, which she did have to practice before she could even get to the point of saying things different. And she tried other strategies as well. What she came to realize is when she focused on herself, she had way more choices and way more power. So what to do when you're mad at your significant other? Now I know probably a lot of you are looking for me to tell you ways to get your partner to fix it. But if they haven't fixed it yet, they probably aren't going to at least just fix it by themselves. This is where we need to change the attitude from a you versus me to an us versus the problem. If there's a problem, we need to think, how do we talk to our partner like they are that person we adore? And how do we approach the problem together? So therefore, that means we also have to figure out how do we align with our partner even on something, I don't know, we don't like. If you're currently mad at your partner, you might be feeling like it's entirely unfair to have to think of we versus me versus you, because you right now might be feeling like it's them against you or something. You might be thinking it's entirely unfair to take a time out or to flip-flop, think about the flip-flop, because you feel like they are wrong. I know. Allow yourself to just have that feeling for a second. But maybe like Janine, you too can remember a past instant where after some passage of time, you were willing to compromise a little or talk to them in a different way about the same subject because you weren't so mad. Our partners will inevitably at some point make us mad. 
So the goal is to keep doing anger like our partner is someone we love so we can solve the problems together. Thank you for tuning in to Relationship Psych, the podcast put on by Ember Relationship Psychology. If you're looking for more free relationship help or advice that comes straight from the couple's therapy room, check out the free resources and the blog at www.emberrelationshippsychology.com.